You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 005. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, Mr. Smith. How the hell was your Memorial Day? Hi, Mrs. Junkie. It's uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Broken arm and all. I got to get out. We were laying in the sun a little bit, and uh, got to go visit some friends and have a little barbecue. It was fun. It was good. We've been we've been really excited to have such a fun summer coming up. Yeah. And uh, you can call me Joy if you would like. <laughs> you don't like Mrs. Junkie? <laughs> Maybe Ms. Junkie. Ms. Ms. Junks. <laughs> Or junk in the trunk. Junk in the trunk. That's a good one. And true. <laughs> You've been calling me that since 1997. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when God was handing out tits and ass, he gave me all ass. This is true. But that's why I fell in love with you anyway. I'm a butt guy. <laughs> and you wanted people to not know much about you. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, you were just like, I don't want people knowing all that insider detail about me. And you're like, um, I'm an ass man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I've kind of gotten over that because you're an all out there girl. So I'm kind of getting used to it. Cool. We can air out all of Mr. Smith's dirty laundry. Uh, well, let's not go that far. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hold back just a little bit. Yeah. there. A lot of times in our relationship, we'll do things where you're like, babe. It's time to pull it back a little bit. Just rope it in just a little bit. That's true. But yeah, we're really, really excited for uh, some fun summer plans. And a lot of my girlfriends have birthdays in the summer. And there's the Tustin Chili Cook-Off coming up. Gotta love the cook-off. One of our favies. And from what I understand, it is the most popular landmark chili cook-off in all of the United States. And I don't really know who decides that or how they get that credit. But let me tell you, on June 2nd, it is going off in Tustin. It's really busy. You know, the one thing I don't like is that they hand out these little coupons, right? And then they give you a little thimble of chili. You know, like, I want to try some damn chili. Give me a bowl of chili. You can't get one. Well, what they do is they, that's how they rate who wins the chili cook-off. So there's all these booths. Um, I go for the shopping, of course, and like the two pairs of sunglasses for like $2. <laughs> you know, that's what I always go for. And I always stock up on incense and stuff like that. But what they have is you buy tickets and then you have a ticket where you go and you go to all the different booths and you say, okay, I want to try your chili. So the way they measure that is if somebody's like, damn, that chili from booth, you know, 72 is amazing, and they buy, like, throw in five tickets, then they're able to see at the end who got the most tickets. Because a lot of times you'll try one and you'll be like, uh, I'm, I'm glad I only got one ticket of that. But what would be cool is if each booth said, like, 
you could buy a bull if you loved it and then they got credit. Right. Right. But you know, you know it's a Tustin chili cook-off <laughs> when you have the smell of smoked meats and a lot of unnecessary midriff. <laughs> I know all of you are on the edge of your seat to know how our chili cook-off experience goes. <laughs> and I know you can't wait to hear who takes home the first prize. So we'll, we'll, or the first place prize. So we'll definitely have to keep you abreast to that. But um, another one of our fun summer festivities is we're trying to get some sun on our Irish asses. Yes, we are very pasty. It's, it's time to get some vitamin D. I prefer the term Elizabethan. Oh, oh, do you? Yeah, that sounds a lot better than pasty, i got to say. <laughs> um, it's just uh, aristocracy is what it is. You know, I'm a part of aristocracy and we don't tan. No, that's bullshit. Basically, my ass has not seen like a legit tan probably since our wedding in 99. Because my photographer at the time was like, if you do not get a tan... And this is before digital technology. And, like, there's no digital, no nothing, no Photoshop. Nothing like that was happening. You didn't doctor up your wedding photos. There's nothing like that. And uh, she was like, if you don't get a tan, you are going to be completely washed out against that white dress. So I bought a tanning uh, membership, and I tanned my ass every day. And I had to start with, like, two minutes, three minutes in the tanning bed. I'm, You know, we're hippies. We're not really into that kind of shit. So, but... You've got a pretty exciting thing happening in June where you need to be tan. Yeah, my uh, my best friend is getting married. I'm his best man, and we're planning a trip to Vegas. So, And I wanted to go a little bit earlier, but his wedding is in July, and he wants to go in June. And I'm like, that's right in the middle of summer in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be hot as hell. So I know we're going to be out poolside, so I want to make sure that I don't scare people. <laughs> They're like, that is a gigantic white-ass man. Exactly. <laughs> and he's got a bionic arm. <laughs> you guys should see the cast that, that Mr. Smith has now for his arm. It's so incredibly high-tech. Like, shit has changed in the broken bone industry since the 80s when most of us broke bones. And which, actually, I've never, nobody in my family ever broke bones. But it seemed like kids always broke their bones and had all these cast and you would sign them and stuff but this shit is high tech um and and i think it's kind of like a go-go gadget arm but but yes a tan will look amazing with that arm brace babe yeah i feel like i should do the robot with this on <laughs> i'll be your freak uh so come on and wind me up do you guys want to learn something today? Or do you want to just listen to us be dipshits all day? <laughs> Let's learn something. Let's learn something. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you, maybe next week I'll tell you why it's so important for me to get a tan. Because I got some shit coming up. So do you see that? Do you see how it's riveting? Because you're going to want to stay tuned and tune in next week. So, <laughs> so Way to pull them in, babe. Way to pull them in. It's just all working out according to my plan. <laughs> dude we are worked up today what is going on so and this is normal we haven't been drinking no pain pills yeah. no nothing this is normal smith household functioning we have a good time we have a good time <laughs> on with the content on with the content 
So so let me tell you what we're going to discuss today. And this is something that I actually hear quite a bit uh, in my community, both with uh, people who read my blogs and, and things like that. And I actually just got this question posed and we were talking about, uh, I think it was in episode one, we're talking about getting your needs met. Um, you know, and, and I'm always talking about addressing the things that you want changed in your relationship, being really clear about it. And a lot of people will ask me, okay, Amy, what do I do when I have expressed everything that I want or the things that I desire and my partner still doesn't do it Um, or I'm not getting what I need or they don't seem to care or they're not putting in the effort. So what today is going to be about is what to do when your partner does not do what they say they're going to do. So this is going to be not about, I'm not talking about Like a one-time thing. Like, I asked my husband to take the trash out and he wouldn't do it. I'm talking about the stuff that you've had conversations about saying, this is important to me. I would like for you to work on this. And continually, over and over and over again, they don't work on it. Now, there can be tons of reasons why that's the case. But I'm going to give you five areas that you can check in with yourself and look at, is there something I can do better? Okay? Because... Obviously, you're the one listening to this podcast unless you've got both of you guys are tuning in, which is awesome, and I highly suggest it and tell your friends. <laughs> but um, a lot of times when you're dealing in a relationship, you really are not in control of the other person's response. So all you can do is be the absolute best person you can be inside that relationship so that no matter what happens, you can keep your nose clean and you can say, you know what, I did everything in my power to communicate my needs, to discuss what was important to me. So that is what I'm going to point you to today. So the first thing that I want you to think about, so let's, let's, I want you to get that in your mind, whatever that issue is that you've been wanting rectified inside of your relationship. I want you to start thinking about that right now. Okay. So let's use an example of, um, let's say, uh, I would like more romance. Okay. Uh, I would like more romance in my relationship, okay? And that's the issue, and maybe I've addressed it with Mr. Smith. I don't know. Okay, so get that idea in your head. What is it? The first thing I want you to look at is how have you communicated what you want? So a lot of times people will say, Amy, I have told him or I have told her what I want you know, them to work on. And then I'll say, oh, really? So how? And then they'll tell me, well, you know, I'll make jokes about it. Or, you know, we get in these big fights and I yell and scream. And so sometimes we think the louder we talk, the more clear we're being. Or the more dramatic we're we're, we're speaking, the more it's going to land. But that's really not the case. It's not effective. So what I want you to do is be sure to listen to our very first podcast episode. Because I talk in there a lot about um, how you are communicating what you want from your partner. So the couple of things to look for is, have I been explicit? Have I been very, very clear? Am I communicating from a place of anger? Am I joking about it? Am I talking about it when they are not ready to receive the information? Um, So think about, you know, if you were on the receiving end, would you have absorbed what your partner is asking of you? Um, so check in a little bit with yourself. I'm not going to elaborate on that one too much because there's a whole episode on it. So again, that's episode 001, um, how to get your needs met. 
The second thing that I want you to look at is uh, how clear have you been about the severity of this issue? So um, like for instance, if it's something like like what I said about the romance, right? Is it something that is destroying me or is it really, really bothering me so much that if things don't change, there might be some really awful repercussions? Like, is it deal breaker status? And we'll get to that in a little bit. The reason why this is so important, and I'll, I, I want to give you an example about this. Uh, quite a few years ago, I had a girlfriend who was going through a divorce. And one of the things that she always said was the, the one thing that I regret about the kind of the demise of the relationship is that I did not communicate how severe these issues were for me. I addressed it. Everything that I wanted, I addressed. I said, I want you to work on this. This is an issue. I was forthright. I explained myself. I was articulate. But what I didn't do in hindsight is I didn't say, if this doesn't change, I don't see us lasting five years. Um, or saying like, I this really is a deal breaker for me. I might be on my way out if this doesn't change. And you don't have to be an asshole about it. And again, you don't want to be screaming and yelling. But have you said, this really does a number on my femininity? Or this really, I've cried about this. Like, do they understand how intense this is? And something that I I usually will say is, if your friends know (laughs) how severe it is, but your partner doesn't, then that's, again, something you can can work on. Right. I think uh, something to add to that is, you know, like you said before, it's not the volume of of what you say, but how it's conveyed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot can be said without yelling. Yeah. Um. And as a matter of fact, it'll probably come across a lot clearer if you come across in a very serious tone, but not an elevated tone. You know. Absolutely. Well, and that's always, you know, that's why I always say, how would you respond to you? You know, if if there was a banshee coming at you saying, "Hi." fuck this up and I want you to do that our natural inclination is like fight or flight right we either say something really awful in in retort or we run the fuck away and most of the time um what happens is you just appease the partner (laughs) you try to do whatever you have to do to get them to shut the hell up and you and then it's a vicious cycle because you don't remember what you promised (laughs) you don't remember what you said because all you're trying to do is get them to shut the hell up yeah so Third thing is I want you to really think about, is there a way that you could ask for what you want in the exact moment or in a really close moment? Like, for instance, if I want more romance, could I go to you and say, hey, there's an opportunity to take a salsa class tonight would that be something you'd be available to do? You know how I've been talking about maybe doing some more romantic things. This would be a good opportunity. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And addressing it in the moment. Because here's what happens. If Mr. Smith is not romantically inclined or it's not something that he is naturally good at or wants to do or has a desire to do, he most likely, through no fault of his own, will not be at the forefront of his mind because it's not what he's naturally inclined to do. And I'll give you a couple of examples. So the reason why this is important to note is because sometimes we think, 
oh, they don't want to be what I need them to be. They don't want to work on it. But it might be that it's just genuinely something they need a little more support around. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, a really great example from a past client of mine who's actually given, given me the permission to share this story. She, uh, and by the way, Mr. Smith is extremely romantic. This is just an example. <laughs> Thank you. I was feeling a little down. I was like, wow, maybe I need to step up my game. Yeah, so we're actually working through our issues right now. <laughs> no, just kidding. He's very romantic and and incredible. So thank you, baby. So I had this client, and she had uh, undergone breast augmentation, and it was something that she genuinely did for her. And really, uh, it really was all about her own self-confidence because her husband was never really on board with it that much. He was like, do whatever you want to do, but it wasn't something that he was super attracted to. Again, probably an ass man like Mr. Smith. And so she would want him like from uh, an intimacy standpoint and also from a medical standpoint she wanted him to massage her breasts more to help break up any scar tissue and make the breasts more malleable and it was something that her doctor always said you know you need to make sure everyone with implants knows that you know you have to massage them to keep them supple etc so to increase the intimacy, she would say to her husband, I really, really would like for you to work on this. I would really like you to massage my breasts more, right? And so in the moment when she's, you know, addressing it very calmly and assertively and explaining what she wants, he's like, of course, I would, I definitely want to be what you need, right? Well, as you can imagine, he doesn't go through his day thinking, you know what, let me go massage her breasts. Like he doesn't think about it because A, that's not his natural inclination and B, he's probably thinking, I'll do it whenever she asks. You know, that's what we think. If they, if they wanted me to do that, well, they would just ask me. They know I'm willing to work on it, right? So we uh, would discuss this and I said, you know what, what if you switched this and in the moment, in the actual moment when you wanted that need met, like... You know, I have I have a doctor's appointment coming up in two weeks. I really need him to start massaging my breasts or help me break up some of the scar tissue, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, in that moment, could you say, hey, will you massage my breasts right now? And because they had already discussed it a million times and she just asked for what she needed specifically and in that exact moment, he was more than happy to oblige. Like, yeah, okay, of course. And I've always said, you know, I'm not a I'm not a sports girl, right? And if Mr. Smith was like, you know what, babe, you know what, it would mean so much to me if you would sit and watch a game with me. And he brought that to me and I said, you know what, I'm happy to support what and this isn't this is also not true story, but I'm giving you an example. Um, you know, and if he said, please, you know what, that would mean so much to me if you would just enjoy a game with me. Because I don't give a shit about sports at all, I'm never <laughs> gonna be like Hey, there's a basketball game on. Hey, you want to watch it? I'm not going to initiate it. But if he said to me, hey, babe, there's a game on right now. Would you be up for sitting and watching it with me? I would go. I, it would click and register to me like, yeah, you know what? I told you I'd work on that. I will be right there. Let's do it. So I want you to get really clear. Are you asking something of your partner that either they really don't want to do, but they are willing to do because it's important to you, you know, or is it something that they're not, it, it's not their natural inclination, right? Anything that you wanted to add about that? 
No, I think you cover that one pretty well, pretty explicit. Yeah, because I think um, sometimes we think, well, I've gotten it out there. I've told them. Now it's totally up to them to be what I need. I guess the thing that I would say is, you know, a lot of people are like, I shouldn't have to ask. Right. You know, so you're telling them to ask. So what do you tell people that say... Well, I don't want to have to ask. I think he should, there should be like some incentive from him or her to do these things. And I shouldn't have to ask every time I need it. Well, I really, that's a great point. And it really comes down to what you're asking for. And if it's something that your partner genuinely, it doesn't come naturally to them. Um, And you need to set them up for success. We have this sort of grandiose idea that once you find the right person, they will magically read your mind. They will magically be everything that you need. You'll never have to ask. And it, you know, it's, um, but, but here we're, we're talking about something that's been explained and been asked for, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have to ask again in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? That can get a little tedious. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. But I also think it has to do with understanding how humans respond naturally to each other. And is it something that's worth it to you to do your part? Like you can absolutely dig your heels in and be snotty. And then you might get into the whole tit for tat thing that we've discussed before, um, which is called the most common relationship poison. And that's where you kind of go, well, I've done my part. And you dig your heels in and go, now it's up to you to just be what I need. If it wouldn't kill you to ask, then set your partner up for success. Right. You know, now if it if it will kill you, like if it's something like you have to continue to ask them to be honest or faithful or, you know, where it's a gigantic monumental issue to you that should come naturally because of your core value system. Like for instance, I don't want to ever have to ask you to have integrity or to be an honest human or to be um, committed to me. Those are the things that I shouldn't have to ask because our values should be that are so in aligned that I'm not asking you to be something in direct opposition of who you are at your core. Right. But we're using the example of the client wanting her her breast massaged, right? Which shouldn't be a problem for most men, but apparently this one is a problem. But the um it seems like you've she's already addressed the issue right and asked for what she needed mm-hmm. and then has to ask again in the specific moment so let's let's say that this situation was you would you be considering that you aren't really a boob guy at all would you if i asked you that do you think consistently over time, you would be super good about, hey, babe, initiating, mm-hmm. hey, babe, can I massage your breasts so I can be what you need? Well, the way that we would set it up, <clears throat> excuse me. Is, Don't be elitist. <laughs> is we'd set up a system around it. We'd say, hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, uh, we've got time around seven o'clock. Would that be a good time for you to do that? You know, that we put it in a schedule. Yep. That's actually a really good point. In fact, we need to, I'm going to jot down in our future podcast notes. We have a thing that we call Smith Systems. 
And it's a way for us to make sure that what we want to work on um, and the things we want rectified either in our household or in our relationship gets handled. So we'll do an episode on Smith Systems because I think that would be really helpful for people. But again, what a Smith System is, is it's our way to set ourselves up for success. Right. So that may need to be something that you guys look at in order for you to get this need met or to handle this situation inside your relationship, what do you need to put in place so that it's easy for the both of you? Gotcha. So that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because that helps me kind of articulate a little bit more um, what you can do about that. The fourth one that I want you guys to think about, um, and this one we all fall prey to, okay? So let's say you're asking for more romance. I'm just going to stick with that same example. And you're used to noticing all the times that your partner is not romantic. And then you've kind of addressed this and you might be a little bitter, you know, maybe what you were saying. You've had this notion that they should just be what you need magically. Um, So let's say that situation is happening. Our tendency is to start, is to continue to gather evidence of all the times they're falling short instead of actually acknowledging and and uh, mentioning to your partner when they actually are making an effort. And we actually had a situation like this years ago um, with a showerhead. And it was really crazy. So, you know, obviously we have quite a different difference in our height. Mr. Smith's like 6'5", and I'm not. <laughs> I'm like 5'1". And we... Um, had a shower head in our first little humble apartment that if he got into the shower and I didn't push it up, he would hit his head on it every single time. So he said, babe, will you as like, you know, will you work on this for me? It really would mean so much to me if when you got out of the shower, you put the shower head up. That way I don't hit my head on it. Right. So, you know, religiously, uh, vigilantly, I put the shower head up every day, every day, every day, every day, right? Well, one day I forget to do it. And he gets in, he bumps his head. The Your first inclination is to be furious. Like, I fucking asked you to put this up and blah, 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 blah. But instead, he stopped, he thought about it, and he came to me. And this is amazing. This is, this is what happens when you start really paying attention to what's going on in your life. Um, he came to me and said you know what, I noticed that you didn't put the shower head up today, but I don't want to, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm usually so good about it. And I kind of went into that place and he, he said, no, no, no. What I realized is the only reason I noticed that you didn't do it was because you do it every single day. And I don't acknowledge how awesome that is that you work on that for me every single day. Now, the reason why this is so important to bring up is because that scenario is so uncommon. We're not used to that. We're used to there's a problem, so I'm going to focus on the fucking problem instead of the solution. So if you're on that, if you're on the opposite end, like in my situation, all I want is recognition and thanks for, for putting in an effort in the relationship. So if you want romance and they don't, pull out all the stops like is the ideal situation in your head it doesn't mean you get pissed at them and you get furious with them you acknowledge the effort 
and you you express gratitude and thanks. And what that does is it um, instigates them to want to do more, exactly. right? They're like, oh, I got positive affirmation. Maybe <laughs> I'll try some more of that, right? Absolutely. So that's what I want you to do. Number four, watch what you are gathering evidence for. Are you still looking for all the times when they're not being what you need? And is there room to focus on where they are putting in an effort, even if it's small? And can you acknowledge it? Can you give some positive feedback about it? Finally, number five, and this is for the ones that are, it's a really, really big deal. I want you to look at, is this issue a deal breaker? Or can I live with it? And here's the thing that you need to check in. If you look at the the longevity of your relationship over like let's say the next five years, if this doesn't change, whatever the issue is, can you still have a thriving relationship in five years or do you see yourself completely separated, divorced, out of, you know, out of the picture? That's how you can really start looking at, can I live with this long term? Is this a deal breaker? Is this non-negotiable for me? So like I mentioned, there's things that are really clear. Like if you had an issue with lying, if you had an issue with your integrity where let's say you were gambling all the time or taking people's money or you know doing something that I'm like, you know what? If you continue this, I cannot stay with you, period where it's really clear. Other times it's not as clear. And that's really for you to to dig in and to explore for yourself. And what that comes down to then is, do I need to put forth some sort of ultimatum and, and real clear terms? You know, like I need to see, you know, some very specific change over the course of the next year or this might not, you know, like what do you need to really put in place? And then it might involve a choice, on your behalf. Like I'm either choosing self-sacrifice, you know, and not getting what I want or it's not that big of a deal. And I, you know what? It's really not a bunch of sacrifice. It's something that would be amazing if he would work on it or she would work on it. But if they don't, it's not the end all be all of our relationship. So, and again, with that one, One of the biggest pieces of advice that I always give people is if you're in a situation where something's going on for you that is a deal breaker. Do you have a question, Mr. Smith? (laughs) No, I'm just elevating my arm, trying to get some blood flow. (laughs) Sorry. I'm like, yes, Mr. Smith, front row. What's your question? Um, So, you know, one of the things that I always share with people is if you're in the situation where there's something that you need from your partner that you're not getting that is a deal breaker where you might actually leave the relationship because of the severity of the issue, where you want to look is have I done everything in my power to express the severity of this issue, to express, you know, my thoughts on how we can rectify it? Have I communicated in an assertive, calm manner? Have I been articulate? Have I expressed myself with kindness? Like basically, if you were to walk away, will you be proud of the person you showed up as inside this relationship, whether or not they provided what you needed or not? Okay? I truly believe that one of our greatest um one of the most challenging emotions for us to ever feel is the feeling of regret. And it's one of the hardest to surmount later on in life. And it's one of those that tends to permeate a lot of areas of your life in the future. So if you are going to close the door on this relationship because this issue is that big of a deal for you, 
What do you have to do? How do you need to show up so that you can walk away with no regrets about your behavior? Not about the relationship or the dynamic or what you did, they did do or they didn't do, but you. How can you be proud of the person you are? And how do you need to behave because of that? I think that permeates everything, not just relationships. You know, everything in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are your five things. Looking at how did you address it, okay? Number two, have you been clear about the severity of the issue? Number three, have you been, have you really set them up for success by asking for what you want in each given moment if it's something that they aren't naturally inclined to do? Number four, watching what you gather evidence for. And then finally looking at, is this a deal breaker for me or can I live without it? Um, so I think that's kind of about it for today. Any, any final thoughts? Well, I think, uh, I hope everybody had their pens out today. That was a lot of good content. Uh, the one thing that I'd like to add to that is, you know, if you're, if you guys are listening, let us know, like post something on Facebook, like send a message, let us know that you're listening so that we continue like those kind of things fuel us to continue this podcast. So if you guys aren't sounding off, then we don't know who's out there listening and what they're getting from it. So please comment. Yeah. In fact, yesterday I was taught, I'm like, I don't even know if anyone's listening to this. (laughs) And he's like, you just have to be consistent. You have to be diligent. And plus we have a fucking ball, so we'll still do it. But yeah, that's a really great point. In fact, today's whole content was based off of a question that I got posed on the comments on another podcast and I thought okay this needs to be addressed this is what they want to hear about so share with us like oh I loved that but what happens if my partner this or what happens if I this um yeah so when we see you know the comments and the Facebook posts and stuff like that we're like okay cool people are listening um, another thing too, if you haven't gotten your freebies, please be sure to swing by thejoyjunkie.com and hang out with us and uh, just enter your information. You can get some some awesome free resources from us. And I think that that's just about it. So have an amazing week. We'll see you around the Joy Junkie community. So here's to loving and living a badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith signing off.